Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's go over to the book of Genesis chapter 15. Turn to somebody, somebody next to you and ask them, who raised you? Who raised you? Huh? Who raised you? Now this is important that we ask this question today in the, from the aspect of the Spirit. Because who you identify with from what we're going to look at in the Scripture will certainly determine the kind of life you live and who is affecting you. We're actually going to look at two mothers, being that it's Mother's Day. That seems pertinent. Um, but all of us, this has to do with every one of us today. And so I'm going to build a little bit from Genesis, and then we're going to end up in Galatians. But we're going to start with Genesis chapter 15 to kind of get the, the story, kind of get the idea of where we're going today. And Genesis 15, chap, chapter 15, verse 4 reads as follows, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This is speaking of Abraham. This, is at his, this time his name was Abram, saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body. Say, from your own body. One who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. Now, the reason the Lord is saying this is because several years prior to this, God spoke to a man named Abram, who was 75 years old and told him to get up and get out of your father's house and go to a place that I will show you. You don't know it, but we're going to start a life together. And a heritage is going to come from you there, and I'm going to multiply your descendants upon the earth. He's 75. He has no children. This is crazy. We're going to start. He's 75. Lord, if you'd come back, come to me 50 years ago, that would have been a little more ideal. But he's coming to him at 75. 75-year-old people don't start a new life normally. Usually they're kind of retired and taking life easy. But he says, we're going to start an adventure together. Now, this adventure took Abraham, no doubt, where he never dreamed he would have ever gone. But now the Lord comes to him again a few years later here and says, I want you to understand that There's no reason to fear. I am your exceeding and great reward. And then Abraham said, well, Lord, okay, that's great. But what are you going to give me? I don't have any kids yet, and I'm not getting any younger. 75 was, I mean, that was a gamble already, but the, the chances are getting slimmer all the time. And now I'm in my 80s. And I still don't have any kids. What are you going to give me seeing I don't have any kids? You keep telling me about all these descendants. And then the Lord, look at this, verse 5. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. So God brings him full circle back around to this promise. And he says, I'm I'm, I'm telling you what I told you before, but now I'm going to help you along the way. You need to see something. This is what I want your eyes on. I don't want you moping around in your tent. I want you walking outside. Look at those stars. Now, this is what the promise looks like, Abram. If you need to see something, get your eyes on that. Because every time you see those stars, I want you to remember, so shall my descendants be. And later on, he even told him it was, his descendants would be like the sand of the seashore. So when he's looking down and he sees the sand, he sees the promise. When he looks up and sees the stars, he sees the promise. 
And yet, there's no natural reason for him to have this hope whatsoever. And he believed in the Lord. And he, God, accounted it to him, Abram, for righteousness. And right here, this verse right here, is what our entire understanding of the gospel hangs on. It's the centerpiece for what the Apostle Paul taught us in the New Testament. Everything comes down to this source. Believe God, and that's how you're made righteous. Not by works of of, of yours, not by good works, not by good deeds, but by faith in Jesus. Chapter 16, Sarah then comes up with a plan. Abraham has this meeting with God and says, the Lord told me that, that from my own body. And Sarah says, from your own body. Okay. What else did he say? Oh, that's it. Okay. And then I must not be in that plan. Why don't you take my maidservant, Hagar, since I'm way beyond the age of having children, and why don't you have this baby? From your, from your body, you can, you can have this baby with Hagar. Maybe that's what the Lord is, is wanting. So Abraham didn't even pray about it. And Hagar conceived. Hagar conceived a son for Abraham. And when this child was born, Hagar took it upon herself to start looking down on Sarah. Hagar's forgotten who she is and where she is. And now she's despising Sarah. She's mocking her. She's scoffing at her because she can have babies, but Sarah can't. She gives birth to a son. At this point, Abraham, or Abram, is 86 years old. That's pretty old. Would you say that's pretty old? That's getting younger for you, Charlie, right? 86. 86 ain't nothing. Abram names this boy Ishmael. Ishmael means God will hear. That's interesting that he named Ishmael God will hear. And right here we see just a little glimpse of our feeble attempts at helping God out. We're going to do this and then God's going to, he's going to help us. God will hear. Well, God didn't say to do this, did he? But how many of you know that it's not always the simplest thing to do to live by faith and patience? And so they got ahead of themselves. He had a promise from God, but he didn't really think the whole thing through. And Abraham put a plan together to get God in on. I do this, God will hear it, and God will bless it. Well, that wasn't the case. Let's look. Let me just say this. Faith is the understanding that you already have what God has promised you, whether you see it right now or not. And patience is this enduring anticipation of God's promise manifesting in your life. In other words, it doesn't matter how long it takes. The truth is God is faithful. That's what you need to remember. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 6.12, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Uh, But, you know, we have a tendency sometimes to kind of get religious in our process of receiving, receiving his promise and, and start kind of going into this performance like, look at me, da 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 look at all the good I'm doing, God. Surely you're going to come through now. When you really just need to rest in his promise, rest in his power, rest in his word, and stop striving for what you already have. Genesis 17 The next chapter, verse 15, says, Then God said to Abram, As for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarach, 
shall be her name. Sarai, S-A-R-A-I. It's a pretty name, and it means princess. That's a nice name, isn't it? It means princess. But he says, no longer will you be princess. Now you will be noble woman. Sarah, noble woman. It's different in this way. No longer are you just a recipient of a noble heritage. No, now you're one who passes down a noble heritage. Now you are the progenitor of a heritage to follow where kings will come from you. What is God doing to this old woman? He's filling her heart full of motherhood. He wants her to start looking forward, to start looking at a generation, at nations that will come from her. It's interesting, isn't it? I am uh, where she just understands this as that not only she's not just, as I said, a recipient. No, 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 no. She is the she is one who's starting something. Verse 16, and I will bless her and also give you a son by her. So here's God coming through. And he says, all right, I didn't realize, Abraham, I was going to have to tell you that, it has, that Sarah's the other part of this deal. When I just told you come from your body, how did you just make that leap and say, well, let's, Hagar, from her, from Sarah, from Sarah. Oh, oh, oh. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Now, how old is Abraham at this time? Too old to have kids. How old is Sarah at this time? Too old to have kids. That'd be like you getting an announcement from your grandparents that they're going to start a new family. They're going to start having babies again. See, you're laughing. You can understand why Abraham fell on his face and laughed over this. Pretty awesome. Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90, bear a child? See, if you're thinking in the natural from what you know about how life works, you're going to laugh pretty hard at this kind of report too. Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Isn't that Let's not, let's not be too hard on Abraham. We've, we, we've made room for Ishmael's in our life. Lord, I've already got the ball rolling on this. Why don't you just use the plan that I put together? Just, just get in this thing with me. Hear this. His name is God will hear. I expected you to do that. I've already got a son. Just, just work in this plan. Then God said, no. Sarah your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. Or Isaac. Isaac means he laughs. The moment Abraham fell down laughing, God said, That's a good name for a son. He laughs. He laughs. And that's really all you can do. When you truly receive the full impact and understand, are really made aware of the impact of the grace of God in your life. It's not by our works of righteousness. It's not because I worked for this or did anything to deserve this. You simply gave it to me, Lord. Because he's good. It's not about you deserving it. It's about you receiving what God wants you to have. This is who he is. Your son will be called, he laughs, so that there will be no human who can get any glory in this. 
Verse 19, I will establish my covenant with him, speaking of Isaac, for an everlasting covenant with his descendants after him. Wow, what an amazing thing. Let's go to chapter 18. We've got to keep moving. Chapter 18 and verse 10, starting in verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Okay, so God comes and meets with Abraham again. His name is Abraham at this point. God made covenant with him in verse 17, changed his and Sarah's names. Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. <laughs> verse, verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. I don't know what age is past the age of childbirth, when that happens, actually, but how many of you agree 90 is certainly it? (laughs) Certainly past the age. Probably 40 years or so. All right, next. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. This is so funny. Abraham laughs. Sarah also laughs. God's there. He hears Sarah laughing behind the tent door. And he says, Abraham, why is Sarah laughing? Sarah comes out and says, I wasn't laughing. And the Lord says, yes, you were. (laughs) Yes, I was, sir. And so your son's going to be, he laughs. Isaac is born. And when he's born, Abraham is a hundred years old. Wow. Sarah's 90. So this word comes to him at 99 and Sarah 89 saying next year. And guess what? It happened. It happened. The first time he started talking to Abraham, he was 75 years old. And when he saw the promise, he was 100. Imitate those who through faith and patience. As I told the early service, I'm not here to give you the news today that it's going to take 25 years. See, your promise, it could take 50. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but really, what does it matter? What does it matter? Oh, we think it matters. Oh, we think it's so important. It's got to be in this time frame. It's got to be right now. It's got to be right now. It's got to be right now. If not, it's got to be within the week. It's got to be... Why? Why? Why are we all in such a hurry? Such a hurry for God. He's never in a hurry. All the urgency that, that we bring before him. You think God's going to get nervous and we show him, God, you got to look right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I caught me sleeping up here. Shoot, what's, what do you need? He doesn't work like that. You're freaking out. He's not going to freak out with you. He's not going to allow you that. Because he has a, a better way for you to live. And in those fearful situations, those fearful, fear-producing situations, he offers something for you to do in that moment, and that is to take courage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lord, that's not very comforting. I want you to do everything for me. Take courage. Fear does not come from him. He's not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. What he needs you to do is wake up to who you are. Huh? Who raised you? Who raised you, a slave woman or a free woman? Who are you identifying with today? Which mother are you going to look to here, to learn from, to identify with? 
One who tells you that something's always wrong, something's constantly wrong with you, that you don't ever have it quite right. So your mindset is always, well, I need to change. I need to straighten up. I need to go to church more. I need to, you know, I, I need to volunteer. I need, I need to do this. I need to do that. And, and, you're, and, and everything, that when it comes to God and, and your relationship with him, that pressure is there, that burden is there to fix yourself, to do something because you need to. And it's just an, a grudging obligation rather than a glorious obsession. But children that are free are not under that bondage of trying to keep the rules. The I's dotted and the T's crossed. They know who they are. They don't live under pressure. They live under pleasure. They know that they are beloved. They know that they are loved by God despite how they perform. But you know what I found out? People that know they're loved usually perform pretty well. <laughs> when behavior is not the key issue, when it's not the focus, when love is the focus, behavior fixes itself. It's the people that are caught up in keeping the rules that are running themselves bedraggled. I mean, just wearing themselves out. And, and their existence is a sad one, really. And the sons of Hagar scoff at the sons of Sarah because nobody can possibly be having that much fun in life. Nobody can possibly be that free. You have to earn that. you got to work for that. No. No, we're born into this. See, we're not hired by God. We're children of God. We're not employees in this kingdom. We are sons of God. Even being a disciple, that's good. Being a son is better. Let's not forget, the church has done a poor job of holding discipleship as the highest thing when sonship is the highest thing. Thank you. Rob's with me. God just wants you to believe him despite the time frame. Then Genesis 21, I'm getting somewhere. Verse 8, so the child grew and, and was weaned. Isaac was born, he grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a feast on the same day as, that he was weaned. Thankful to God that he's not having to buy all those diapers anymore and that gold dust called formula. How many of you had to buy formula? Yeah, you remember, remember how expensive that stuff was? When you spilled it, you didn't throw it away. You swept that stuff up, put it right back in the can. I know Heather and I did. That's why our children are crazy. <laughs> Just kidding, son, wherever you are. Oh, there he is. But Sarah, she saw the son of Hagar. Now watch this. They're having this, this, this feast. Sarah sees Ishmael, the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. What's he doing? He's acting like his mama. He's got his mama's attitude about this whole deal. She has a child, and the son of the slave woman is ticked off. Therefore, she said to Abraham, I love Mama Sarah. Boy, the mama claws come out right now. She says, cast out this bondwoman and her son. I want him out of this house. That's what she's saying. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. Boy, she took it upon herself to do something. See, I mean, I, you can understand why. I mean, if you're Abraham, do you really want to get in the middle of this? 
her son of promise was not going to be exposed to ridicule from the son of a slave. This is not going to happen under her roof. They don't belong under the same roof. They don't mix. Now Galatians is going to help us tie it all together, and then we're through. I know you've got some brunch to eat. Galatians chapter 4 from the Amplified Version. I want to read this to you. It's so powerful. Verse 21. Galatians 4.21. Tell me, you who are bent on being under the law. Will you listen to what the law really says? So Paul is saying, this is hard. It was hard for him to understand this because he came and preached the gospel of Christ to these churches by grace through faith in him. And somewhere along the way, these Jews came in to try to turn these Gentiles into Jews and tell them, no, you got to stay. You got to keep the law of Moses. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got all, all Hagar talk. Hmm? Sons of Hagar. Slave mentality. No, 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 no. You got to do it. But if you want to, yeah, that's right. You got saved by grace, but you, if you're going to stay saved, you're going you're gonna to live right. So Paul says, I, I marvel that you're turning away from the truth of the gospel. You who are bent on being under the law, you who are determined you're going to live by the rules because somehow that makes you feel so much better. Will you listen to what the law really says? Look at this, verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondmaid and one by the free woman. Next. But whereas the child of the slave woman was born according to the flesh and had an ordinary birth, the son of the free woman was born in fulfillment of the promise. Verse 24. Now, all this is an allegory. These two women represent two covenants. Okay, now we're getting a, an understanding of what we're talking about. One covenant originated from Mount Sinai where the law was given. This is where God had his meeting with Moses. Wrote out on the Ten Commandments. And bears, wrote the, on the stones, that is. And bears children, watch this, destined for slavery. This is Hagar. If you let Hagar raise you, if you continue to look to her wisdom... You'll never be free. You'll always be under bondage. Next. Now Hagar is or stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia, and she corresponds to and belongs in the same category with the present Jerusalem, for she is in bondage together with her children. That's all you get from this mom is bondage. That's all she can offer you. That's all she can give. Verse. Now, now this is so cool. It says, when it talks about in verse 23 about the free woman, that's speaking of Sarah. This is what it means. This is what free woman means. Exempt from obligation or liability. I want this woman raising me. Exempt from obligation or liability. So my relationship is not based on obligation. Hmm. Okay, let's... Yeah, verse 26. No, where are we at? Okay, yeah, but the Jerusalem above the Messianic kingdom of Christ is free, and she is our mother. For it is written in the Scriptures, Rejoice, O barren woman who has not given birth to children. Break forth into a joyful shout. That sounds a lot like laughter, doesn't it? You who are not feeling birth pangs, for the desolate woman has many more children than she who has a husband. Next. But we, brethren, are children, not by physical descent, as was Ishmael, but like Isaac, born in virtue of promise. This is so good. Watch this. Verse 29. 
Yet just as at that time the child of ordinary birth, born according to the flesh, despised and persecuted him who was born remarkably. Turn to somebody and tell them you were born remarkably. You were born remarkably. And I'm not talking about your physical birth. I'm talking about the moment you put your faith in Jesus. A, a remarkable event took place. A miracle birth. Hallelujah. Born remarkably according to the promise and the working of the Holy Spirit, so it is now also. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out and send away the slave woman and her son, for never shall the son of the slave woman, slave woman be heir and share the inheritance with the son of the free woman. Your mama Sarah. We could just call her Grace. She's not going to tolerate you living in bondage. She's not going to tolerate that kind of thing going on in her house. Grace is here to protect you. Grace is here to teach you. Grace is here to give you an inheritance. You either simply what receive, receive what God gives you freely, or you will live your life trying to earn it. Who's raising you, Hagar or Sarah? Because you can't do both. We who are born again are not children of a slave woman, the natural that is, but of the free, the supernatural. This inheritance is for the children of promise, not the children of performance. I said this inheritance is for the children of promise, not the children of performance. Praise God. We learn a lot. Learn a lot from these two. Free is better. Grace is better. Being born in this family is better than working in this family. And you are all children through faith. You are all children of promise through faith in Jesus. That's awesome. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this glorious, glorious time together, for these truths that we've gathered around and feasted upon your word today, Lord, to glean from the wisdom of God. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. Thank you for what you teach us here today and how important it is, God, how vital it is for our lives, for the quality of life that we live and how we think and, and, and believe and move and, and, and speak. Who is it that's influencing us? One who is pounding on us for, to perform, 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 or one who is reminding us again and again, we are children of promise. You have everything. You have everything that you need through Christ Jesus. All the promises of God are in Him, yes, and in Him, amen. And God, who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Not going to get it by working for it. It's already free. Thank you, Lord. Now hear me, there, this is still happening today in the world. That those sons who have fully grabbed a hold of this promise, that they are children of promise, they're still being scoffed at by the sons of Hagar. They're still being looked, they're still being mocked, they're still being ridiculed 
because it's just hard, so hard for them to get it. So don't be surprised when you run across from time to time someone who resists what you believe. Oh, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. Yes, it is that easy, and it is that simple. Otherwise, I'm hopeless, and you're hopeless. Jesus took upon himself all the difficulty in this. He died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again the third day from the dead. And the Scripture says, whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. The gospel is the power to save, not my behavior. The gospel is the power to save me. And when you become a new creation in Christ, then you begin living life from the inside out, not by a checklist of rules and regulations. Then you're really free. And Paul says you're going to have to stand fast in this freedom because there's things in this life that are going to try to take you out of that freedom. Your own thinking, religious people, circumstances, those kinds of things are always trying to vie for your attention and your affection and your focus. But Paul says you've got to stand fast in this liberty by which Christ has made you free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't go back over to Hagar's house when you've been at Sarah's. That's low-level living. You're children of promise. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I, I thank you that just for, for an awareness, a greater understanding, a greater awareness today of these truths, that your people, Lord, will be set free by this living word, be set free from bondages, be set free by man-made thinking, man, man-made traditions. Be set free from that stuff and simply live in liberty as sons and daughters of liberty, sons and daughters of promise by faith in Jesus. In the mighty name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.